0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. We've been studying the keys to the kingdom, and we have picked out three. I'm sure there are others. The gifts of God, the weapons of God, the armor of God. We're going to go a little bit different angle than just trying to. I wanted to get. Dig into the gifts of God tonight, but the Lord, in prayer, had me go another direction. Let me read this. Is it okay if I read this out of my Passion Bible? I've been reading it out of the King James and the Amplified. Let me read it out of the out of the Passion Bible. In verse uh, thirteen, Matthew chapter sixteen, when Jesus came to the coast of uh, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples this question: "What are the people saying about me, the Son of Man?" who do they believe I am they answered some are convinced you are John the Baptist others say you're Elijah reincarnated or Jeremiah or one of the prophets but you who do you say that I am Jesus asked Peter uh, Simon Peter spoke up and said you are the anointed one the son of the living God Jesus replied you are favored and privileged Simon son of Jonah For you didn't discover this on your own, but my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. And I give you the name Peter, a stone. And this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I build my church, my legislative assembly. And the power of death will not be able to overpower it. I will give you the keys, everybody say the keys, the keys of heaven's kingdom realm. Now notice this to forbid on earth what is forbidden in heaven, and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. Now, just with that terminology, you would have to conclude Jesus is talking about a confrontation here. Between something going on on earth that's being allowed, that somebody should do something about, and something not going on on earth, which is going on in heaven, which nobody's doing anything about getting it to earth. Would you agree with that? Amen. I mean, you know, he's saying, I'm going to give you some keys, as, as per uh, our teaching that we've been teaching. I'm going to give you some gifts. I'm going to give you some armor. I'm going to give you some weapons. And I want you to use those. Here's what I want you to do, Use them. If there are things going on on earth that you don't think are going on on heaven, then you need to use those gifts and those weapons and those and that armor, and you need to stop that. Amen. And then there are some things going on in heaven, things like joy and things like healing and things like peace and things like righteousness. If you don't see them going on on the earth, then you need to do some, something about bringing them from heaven and getting them going on on earth. You need to release it on earth. It's already been released in heaven. You need to bind it on earth. It's bound in heaven. So right in, this, right in this gospel scripture is an insinuation of confrontation. Which means this, you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to do something. And you know, Christianity is so far from that today that it's, all, that it's almost a shame. When you think about the denominations, when you think about all of the churches that do not believe in the life of God, they do not believe in the power of God, I guarantee you the majority of the pastors on Galveston Island, you walk into their office, you say, hey, I was at Island Church and they told me that the devil was real and I was supposed to do something about it. They look at you like you were crazy. Well, that's not even none of your business. That's all God's business. You just need to to pray and trust the Lord and and just see what He's going to do. Well, in reality, all of the letters to the church are written from, other, from an authoritative, uh, uh, how can I say this, in an authoritative voice, confrontational voice. Uh, 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 you're going to have to initiate something voice. You're going to have to declare who you are. You're going to have to see it in the Word of God. You're going to have to take the authority of that Word, and you're going to have to do something with it. Now, the reason a lot of people suffer more than they should, how many would like to suffer less? Priscilla's the only one. Well, Sam. Well, we know Sam was the only one suffering anymore. Amen. But in reality, I don't like suffering. Suffering is uncomfortable. Amen. I mean, you know, and then real suffering is real uncomfortable. (laughs) Amen. So, I believe by the Word of God and by what God has done for us in Christ, Jesus has suffered. So, that there are some things we should not have to suffer because He suffered them. And we should not suffer them. You think, well, I can handle it and I can live with that. Well, you ought to consider the price that was paid for you to not have to suffer with that. Amen? Now, go if you will, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're just going to use some simple scriptures tonight. Things you, everybody here knows all of this. And most of you could probably get up and teach it or preach it better than me, but sometimes we need these things really solidified in us, especially in times like this, all this crazy stuff going on in the world right now. And the question's really not when's God going to do something, it's when we're going to do something. A lot of people think, well, what's God going to do? What's well, really not even relevant? What's God gonna, what are we going to do as a church, as a people? Chapter 10, 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, 1 Corinthians. Let me first read it in the the King James, verse 13. Now there hath no temptation taken you, such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, how about the Amplified Bible? For no temptation, no trial, regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you, laid hold upon you, that is not common to man, that is not... Let me find it here, I just lost my place. Not common to man. That, That is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience and such as a man can bear. But God is faithful to His Word and to His compassionate nature, and He can be trusted not to let you be tempted, tried, and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. Now that's a powerful word. But with the temptation, he will always also provide the way out, the means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. That's a mouthful right there. Now let me read it in my, let me read it in, in my passion. I like it in the passion. It says, we all experience times of testing, which is normal. Now listen, which is normal for every human being. But God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the, sever- the, the severity, the nature, and the timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust Him more, for along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. Woo! Glory to God! Now, you have to have understanding on how this... I wanted to read it in these three translations so you would see clearly that God is not saying here... I'm going to bring you a temptation and I'm going to bring you a way out. That's not what it's saying. He is saying everything you go through is common to your human experience. Let me say that again. Everything you go through is common to your human. That means the devil can't go out there and do something to you supernaturally some supernatural outside the, uh, the boundary of, uh, of normal things that, that, that should be going on in life and the normal problems that life hands us. Now, I know there's always the except People always talk about these things that happen to them that are so supernatural and stuff like that. And I, I know a lot of times imagination is involved. Let's just be honest. I mean, we have a, every one of us have an overstimulated imagination. Amen. We got Hollywood, we got books, we got music, we got, you know, we're living in the, in, in the last of the last days. So there's a lot out there to stimulate your imagination. And there are things that you can just think, you know, I mean, uh, 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 it's the devil and he's showing up and he's driving up every day in, my, in front of my house in a car and coming out and, getting, and coming into my house and, and beating me up and, and, and kicking my dog. And no, <laughs> that's not going on in anybody else's life. Amen. That means. Only the common things unique to living a life here on the earth, that's the only thing Satan can ever attack you with. Amen. Now, there are some common things out there that are, that are pretty bad. Amen. But then he says this, With everything that comes into your life, I've already made a way of, a way of escape so that you can not only bear it up, but come out of it victoriously. Amen. Amen. And I, listen, I, I, I believe this and I know this. There has been a lot of time wasted over the years of people just kind of waiting, kind of wishing and praying. Just kind of wishing and praying. Well, you know, I'm just kind of wishing and praying. Well, have, you been, have, you been, have you been studying the Word? No, well, you know, God's going to move. Oh, well, you, you, you've, been, you've been going to church, tithing. Up, no, well, you know I, know, I know all that. I know all that, but, you know, things are difficult and times are hard and, and God's going to move. Amen? And then, you know, you, you you see them out on the street. You had not seen them in church in six months. You like, Well, I know. We, we're really going through some stuff. We're going through some things. So really, you know, my tolerance of that has really just worn down to nothing. It's just not even there anymore. Where I used to, oh, well, you know, praise God, we'll be praying for you. we will hope to see you in church soon. I don't do that anymore. I tell them, what are you doing staying out of church? You're going through some of the worst things you've ever gone through in your life and the only place on Galveston Island where you can get any help is the church you belong to and you're not going to church. What are you doing? You think you're going to get your answer at Dairy Queen? You're not going to get an answer to that. You're, you're going to have to dig your heels in. You're going to have to become very patient and persistent with spiritual things and you're going to have to double up your fist and fight your way out of what the enemy's trying to do to you and stand upon the victory that God has already given you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now go to James. Go to James chapter 4. Now I've watched twice, two different... Now there may have been some minor times, James chapter 1. There may have been some other minor little moves of this but I saw two. mate since I've been in ministry uh, uh, the years I've been in ministry I've seen this happen twice actually the first time it happened is when I first came back to the Lord first went into ministry then I saw it again in the 80s answer that and so uh that is this super ultra warfare doctrine that you know you're gonna have to you're gonna have to defeat the devil. You're gonna to have to find out who the devil is, what he's doing, what his name is. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to, you know, and it's just all this, and I've seen it, I've seen it go bizarro. I mean, where people would do some really crazy stuff. And what's really funny about that is that every time they get into that, start teaching that doctrine, start going that direction, the devil always shows up with some stuff for them. You say, what do you mean the devil shows up? He shows up with some stuff flashing on the walls and, and, and stuff, you know, some supernatural. He, like, he likes to give you a little bit of sensationalism to go along with that. And people talk about these great deliverance meetings. And I, we've had, I've had people come here, even recently come here and say, you know, I went to one church and they told me I was possessed of a devil. I went to another church and they said the devil was driving me crazy. Listen, you got to understand something, church. Whenever people get into these hypersensitive doctrines, especially when there's a lot of sensational. I remember when I, when I first came back to the Lord, they were, people were throwing up in bags. And I didn't want to be a part of any of that. I don't like throw up. I don't like to say it. If I'm around somebody that throws up, I throw up. I'm a courtesy puker, you know. And they had people throwing up in bags and and doing all this I mean it was just bizarro it was crazy and one, the guy that was I was I was I was kinda of watching the guy that was kinda of the leader of all of this and he got way out on a limb and this guy was well known had a big church and was really you know, had some things to say about some of the really good doctrines in the Bible. But he got off into that warfare stuff and he took off to a certain city and they were going to cast the devil out of the city and they pulled the devil down on themselves is what they did. And they destroyed everything. Destroyed his marriage. Destroyed his ministry. Destroyed his church. Just wiped it out. Listen, anything you fight, you're going to pull down upon yourself. That's why we don't fight the devil. We fight the fight of faith. And we demonstrate the defeat. One of the best ways... I like the way the King James says it. We'll read it here in just a moment. One of the best ways I like to say it is we must be people of resistance. There, there must be, you must, listen, you've got to get a backbone of steel, of faith in you to where you make a decision, I am not going to let the devil run over me. Run over my finances, run over my health, run over my business. If you're a business owner, run over me and my job. I'm not going to do it. And if all you're doing is sitting around and waiting for something to happen, the devil is going to oblige you. And one of the things he loves to do is to just stretch things out. Because he knows the further he can stretch it out, the more pressure gets put on you and the more sensational it's going to get. Listen, there's some things in here that need to be over and need to be over now. And it's not God that's going to make it be over. It's you. It's you making a decision. I've had it with this. I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to get in this word. And I'm going to bring this thing to an end. If you will do that, you've got all of heaven backing you up that will come down and say, I'm going to stand behind you. Because this ain't ain't God. Amen? God loves to put light in you that dispels darkness. James chapter 4. Let me find, I like it in the King James first. James chapter 4. Huh? James chapter 1. Chapter 1. Did you get that? I think it's 4. Let me get over there. Quit pressuring me. <laughs> Verse 3. That's not the one. (laughs) Verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Notice that. When you fall, not when you walk. Nobody shouted on that one. He said when you fall, not when you walk. What does that mean? Well, it means that if you're just walking along, amen, and there's a temptation, you just turn and walk into it. Well, no wonder. No wonder. Amen. No, if you're just walking, doing the will of God, and He trips you up, you begin to fall. Here, first thing you gotta do, you gotta learn to fall forward. You say, Why fall forward? Because if you fall forward, you get up in front of where you fell from. If you fall backwards, then you've been you've had a setback. Amen. So always fall forward. Now you say, what do you mean by falling forward? You're doing everything you know to do right. You're living for God the way you should be living. And then here, here comes the enemy. He just puts his foot out and trips you up. The Bible says, count it all joy. You're fixing to get a great breakthrough. So says, you're fixing to get a great breakthrough. Amen. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. with whatever it is that you've fallen into. The wisdom to get out of it. This is the way God makes the way. This is is the way that he makes the escape. Listen, if the building catches on fire, don't run into the fire. We have signs that we are mandated by law to put up exit. That means you can get out of the building. Exit you can get out of the building. Exit you can get out of the building. Exit you can get out of the use the exit. Use the way of escape. But spiritually, many times, people are just the opposite. The fire starts, they run into the fire, it burns everything off of them, and then they stand and say, what happened? You ran the wild, wrong way. <laughs> Amen. You ran the wrong way. Has anybody ever been tempted to be depressed? That's one of the biggies today. You know, people, I'm depressed, I'm depressed, I'm depressed. Why? See that's the question you've not answered. Why am I depressed? Well, if you really peel it all back, it's because you're not pushing forward. What's coming at you is pushing at you, and it's pushing you back. It's pushing, and you're and you're like, you got get this weight. I got this heaviness. Oh, Pentecostals you used to call it a burden. I have this burden. Here's the thing. Jesus said, "My burden is easy. My yoke is light." Listen, you can get out of any feeling. By just yielding to God and even in just worship and praise, listening to the word praying, anything. Listen, I know what it's like for the enemy to try to put not just depression, but severe demonic oppression. Some of these places we've gone and preached, some of these areas we went into, my God, that we show up there, the devils are just kind of waiting on us. Come on. Well, you better know what you're doing. You better have some. You better have something in you from the wisdom of the Word of God that helps you exit. Amen. 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 Now we got these guys in these blue shirts. Doc and Doc and Danny. Who else has one on? Uh, um, Rob. Now they're 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 in. We put those. We put them in those shirts. Sometimes they wear other shirts, but you know, everybody knows who the ushers are. Amen. So, they are going to be, if something were to happen, a fire were to start in Frank's Oregon or something, they're going to be the ones that's going to help get you up and get you out. They're going to help you. You might even get pushed. (laughs) Amen. There might be some urgency to them. Get out. Get out. Amen. How dare them talk to me like that? Well, people come to church, say the same thing. The Holy Ghost is just trying to help you get out of something. And he's shouting at you, get out, get out, get out. But see, you're not letting wisdom have her perfect work. Because here's what will happen. When the Spirit of God begins to move on you to get you out of what you're in and help you to find the exits, the first thing that shows up in your life is the anxious attitude and spirit leave and patience goes to work. Much of the stress we as believers live under is self-inflicted. And it comes because we're anxious. We want it now. We want it hot. Salted. I mean, you know, I haven't had dinner yet. <laughs> we want it our way. Amen. But that's not, that's not, listen, that's not wisdom. Now, you're in James. Go to chapter 4 now. I did want to get you to chapter 4. James chapter 4. Very simple scripture. We've read it a thousand times here at Island Church. James chapter 4. Let me find it. Now notice this. Verse 7. Submit yourself therefore to God. Let the devil just run all over you. Put heel marks in your head. Beat you up. Oh, you'll be so holy, though. (laughs) Notice what it says. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist. Now, we know Old Testament, original text of Old Testament was Hebrew. Original text of of, uh, New Testament was Greek. The word resist, its actual definition is actively oppose, Active opposition. Active opposition. If you were to active, actively oppose someone down here in this room, it'd be physical. It'd be physical. So you have to learn to actively oppose spiritually, because you can't beat the devil with a good right hook. You can't do it. You can't whip him with your, you know, your new uh, 410 shotgun. You can't do it. You're going to have to have some spiritual keys, some tools, some some uh, uh, some weapons. Everybody say weapons. You're going to have to have some armor, some armor, and some gifts working in your life. Now notice what it says, submit yourself, this is the key, submit yourself therefore to God. The only areas of your life that you're going to find the ability to resist the devil in is the areas you're submitted to God in. A lot of people want to do that. They want to resist the devil, but they, but they, want to, they don't want to submit to God. Now that, that, that would be like you being a self-appointed police officer. You know, I'm, I'm not going to the academy I'm not. I'm not gonna get a badge. I'm. I'm gonna get me. You know. I'm gonna make me a badge out of an oyster shell. And I'm gonna. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull over Pastor Rusty on 61st Street. Give him a ticket, $500 for speed. Okay. <laughs> you don't look the part. I, amen. I mean, you 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 pulled me over in a 74 Dodge Dart. Amen, And now you're trying to write me a ticket saying, how do you know I was speeding? Your speedometer don't even work. He neither has the gifts, the armor, nor the, nor the, nor the weapon. He does not have the authority. And let me tell you, it is the wisdom of God that you search the Scriptures and you begin to discover your authority because that is all a part of submitting to God. Submission is not a good word in the human family. They do not like it. They do not want it. And if you're, you're going to not live for God, you're going to live like a sinner, don't you be submissive. You, you, listen, you better be just the opposite. Amen? But if you're going to live for God, you're going to have to do what? You're going to have to submit yourself, therefore, to God. That means submit to His Word, submit to His Spirit, submit to spiritual authority in the church. There's a whole genre of submission when it comes to spiritual things. Because the the level in which you submit, that's the level of authority. God has got got both of them balanced. You're not not way down here in submission and way up here in authority. No, no, they're always balanced. So you submit yourself to the Word, you submit yourself to the Spirit, you submit yourself to the church, you submit yourself to spiritual authority, and I tell you what, it's setting you up for victory. It's exactly what it's doing. It's setting you up for victory. Submit yourself, therefore, resist the devil, and he'll do what? Now that word in the Greek means to run and start terror. And the problem we have in the church today is nobody has that image in their mind. They see the devil trying to beat their brains out, trying to steal their children, trying to rob their bank account, trying to do all this negative stuff to it. They see that in their mind because that's the picture the world paints in their mind. That's why you've got to allow the artist of the Holy Ghost to dip his brush in the paints of God and paint the picture of your victory in your heart. I tell you, you can get every preacher, you can get every, you can write every televangelist, you can get them all to praying. But I guarantee you, none of it's going to work. You're going to have to do something yourself. And people don't like to hear that. They don't like to hear that. I don't want to do something. I want you to do something. You're the pastor. I gave in the offering. You pray this stuff off of me. I can't do it. If I could, I would. I can't do it. You'll have to resist the devil. Listen to it in the Amplified. I like it in the Amplified. Let me find it here. Verse 7. Be subject to God. Resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. See what it says in that. I like this. So then, surrender to God, stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will turn and run away from you. <laughs> Right on time go to go to real quick go to go to Peter first Peter chapter 5 we get the numbers right on this one. 1 Peter chapter 5 I like this in the, I like this in the in the passion let me find it in my King James here everybody say resist now think about this when you when you're studying the Word of God you see the old covenant everybody say old covenant now remember, that was written for our example. That's written for you, not to you. The letters to the church are written to you. That's where you're at. That's where you'll You won't find yourself in those other scriptures. You'll find examples and you'll find inspiration, but you'll find yourself in the letters to the church. You'll find out who you are in Christ. You'll find out your authority, your power, all of those types of things. Now, we see no, zero, no spiritual resistance from Israel they didn't have the knowledge they were doing everything they could do to just connect with God through their bleeding sacrifices and through their priesthood their approach to God actually if if you studied except for the examples that we have in the Bible which God moved and and, and the Spirit of God would come upon men and prophecies or angels would interact with them but except for that basically their interaction with God was a yearly thing Passover brought the lamb killed the lamb (laughs) sins of the people Yearly thing. And the thing about it was, us common people had no access. No, you, you were never in the Shekinah glory of God. You were not allowed into the Holy of Holies. Very few were let, led into that middle court, and, and, and some could come into that outer court, but only one went into the Holy of Holies once a year. That's where the presence of power of God was. But their life and the way they lived their life was illustrated to us. What did they do? And they still do this to this day. It is still God saying, Look, Look, I've left you a whole nation as an example. What are they? Surrounded by enemies. Everyone wants to kill them. And what do they do? Thank God they resist. Now they've resisted to the point where they're, they're, they're a threat. People are afraid of them. They have nuclear nuclear uh, uh, capabilities. And I don't care, you know, you say, well, what about uh, these people? Forget all of that. Read your Bible. They ain't gonna, they're not going to give that land away. They're not going to take Jerusalem. It belongs to God. It's the city of God. Amen. Read your Bible. Amen. People want to take up all these causes. And I guarantee you, the Word of God's already spelled all that out how it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, and where it's going to happen. Amen. But Israel was surrounded by enemies. So what were they constantly doing? They were constantly engaging their enemies, engaging their enemies, engaging their, and their enemies would engage them, and their enemies would engage them. And when they lived right according to the covenant, no one could whip them. Go read about David's reign and his mighty men. Boy, them guys, I would not want to fight them. It did not matter if you were a giant. It did not matter who you were. They were going to whip you bad. Bad. They had one guy killed 800 people. How do you do that? Yeah, think about that. How do you do that? Now, God says, I've given you this as what an example. So we are just like Israel. We are God's family on the earth surrounded by enemies. Surrounded by enemies. And where God put a sword in their hand in Israel, God's put a sword in your heart through redemption that can defeat Satan himself and every demon that's ever been upon the earth. But you're going to, have to, you're going to have to see yourself like that. And here's the thing, church. You can get, you can get this dumbed-down Christianity all you want to, but one day you're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye and you're going to realize some things that all this stuff that I'm teaching you and telling you, you're going to be operating in it throughout eternity. You're not going to be sitting up there like a fat baby strumming on a, strumming on a harp floating by in a toilet paper commercial. <laughs> you're going to be a mighty man or a mighty woman of God and you're going to be demonstrating the wisdom of God throughout the expanses of, you, of the universe and the ages of time. That's what the Bible says about you. Amen. doesn't say that about Old Testament saints. doesn't say that about those that are martyred during the tribulation. It says that about the church. Amen, amen. So we need to get this now. So we can use it now. Now, did you find 1 Peter chapter 5? Read of the King James first. Let me find it here. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 6 5 verse 6 1 Peter Humble yourself therefore into the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time everybody say due time casting all your care upon him for he careth for you be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom, here's the word again, resist, actively oppose, steadfast in the faith. If you've you've ever been denominational in in the denominations of Christianity, this has all been taken out. You talk about defund the police? They've already done it in the church. They've defunded the police. They're done. You say, what do you mean by that? You can't get anything out of religion. There's no authority in religion. All there is is control. That's all there is. They control people with their religion, with their rules, their regulations. But God said, Listen, I've made you more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the earth. Yes, there's a devil down there. Yes, there's cancer down there. Yes, there's depression down there. Yes, there's all kinds of negative stuff. And there's a devil down there doing everything he can do to try to just ram it into your life. But I've given you authority, and I've given you a pat, giving you power, and I've given you wisdom, and I've given you my word. Do something about the devil in your life. Resist him, and he will flee. He will run and start terror. Now, I'm going to close with this. If I don't, I'll teach another hour. I closely watch everyone that I know is believing God for something. I closely watch them. Believing God for healing. Believing God for financial breakthrough. Believing God for something. I closely watch them. And I must... Amplify, as I have for many years, this reality. You have to have this change your mind. This has to change the way you think first. Which means you must renew your mind with the revelation of this so that the enemy cannot defeat you at the gate. Did you get that? You say, why? He comes to the gate. What did Jesus say? Matthew, go right back to Matthew. The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. And the gate of your life is your mind. That's where your plans are made. That's where you think. That's where you meditate. That's where you do all this. And if you, listen, I, I, I think about those that have a, uh, uh, reoccurring diseases arthritis and 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 maybe high blood pressure or diabetes or something. and I think about the conditioning of a disease where a disease will come in and train you and train you and train you and every day you may have to take a treatment or every week you may have to go to a doctor or, or all you have got you're just constantly and, you, and you've got reports you've got to read you've got to, and this you got to read and that. that. listen that is a constant training of your mind by the problem now my, listen I'm not belittling that in any way. Most of you cannot help that. But it's what you give attention to that's going pre- to dominate your life. I've met people that can tell me everything about what's wrong with them and nothing about what's right. And I think to myself, they just want me to pray now and expect something to happen? That's why it's so important that you invest the time In allowing the Word of God to change your mindset. Where you may have arthritis in your body, but it's no longer in your mind. Yes, because if it's no longer in your mind, it's fixing to get out of your body. But as long as it stays in your mind, it's going to stay in your body. Financial problems, the same way. Problems in your business, the same way. Marital problems, the same way. As long as you keep them and nourish them in your mind, they stand in the gates of your life and they control your life. That's why it is imperative you get into the Word, you have the Word taught to you, you meditate and you speak the Word to your mind. Thank you, Father. By His stripes I am healed. Thank you, Father. The law, the spirit of life in Christ makes me free from the... Thank you, Lord. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. I mean, every thought of your mind has to begin to be turned in that direction. And if that happens, then you shut the gate of your adversary. And he cannot control your life by what he's sticking into your mind. And you may have been conditioned for 40 years. By some disease, by some financial problem, by some oppression or depression. But I guarantee you in a couple of weeks, by meditation upon the word, by sincere prayer and intercession, you can break that stronghold in your mind and you can reorganize those gates where they're not letting things like that in anymore and you're pushing things out because you're now controlling the gate instead of your adversary as long as the adversary has an access to your mind you're gonna find it hard to resist and you're gonna get very discouraged because every time you resist the devil he's not gonna flee but you got to understand the devil's defeated he is absolutely 100% defeated by Jesus Christ our Lord our Savior and in his defeat through inheritance we have received the right from God legally to bind him to cast him out, to stop him from doing what he wants to do in our lives personally, and to be a part of stopping him on the earth. But if we don't do it, it doesn't get done. So, Pastor, are are not a lot of churches talking like that. I know there's not, but we are one. God never uses some huge, he always uses a remnant. He always uses a shepherd boy to kill a giant. You say, why? So people know it's God. People want to know that it's God when they know it's God they'll come to God they'll come to God so resist the devil you've been given gifts weapons and armor and you have every right on this planet to stand up and say no devil you're not doing to this do, doing this to me any longer and you get into that word you dig those scriptures out that have to do with your situation every day you begin to speak them and thank God for them And I guarantee your mind will change. And as soon as your mind begins to change, your situation will change because God is faithful to His Word. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and thank Him. Father, we thank You tonight. Thank You for the goodness of Your Word. Thank You that the entrance of Your Word brings light and life to us. Thank You that forever, O Lord, forever, O Lord, forever, O Lord, Your Word is settled in heaven. Lord, we thank you for every, every person here tonight standing up with faith in their heart, declaring their victory, demonstrating the defeat of the devil in every way, in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you. Oh, if it was the will of the devil, he'd kill us all. But I thank you, Father, even, even as we leave and dismiss our services here at Island Church, we appropriate your word. For every person. Lord, those are here, those that are, not, that are not here. We declare no evil befalls us. We declare no plague comes nigh our dwelling place. We declare angels have charge over us. We thank you, Father, we walk on serpents and scorpions over all power of the enemy. And nothing, nothing, nothing by, will by any means harm us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the earth. Therefore, as we travel on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, all the other transportation, all of the precarious things that go on, thank you, Father, we're protected. Thank you in the righteous labor of our hands and all that we put our hand to. Thank you that it prospers. And thank you, no trial, no trouble, no tribulation, no terror, no evil plans of the devil or evil wicked men. We thank you, Father. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and none of that shall in any way touch us. We cancel the assignments of the devil, and we thank you, Father, for the intervention of our law enforcement, precious Men and women that wear the badges of our communities, finding out these evil men and women that would dare to bring such terror upon our communities. Thank you, Father, that they're found out before they ever ever can operate in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, as we leave tonight, that the zeal of God, the fire of God, Lord, you set a smoking ember you would not quench. So we thank you that you, you blow on the fire of Island Church that which is in our heart. As we learn each and every day, there are people all around us that are afraid, that are fearful, and see what's coming upon the earth. Their hearts are failing them for fear. Let us be an answer to their prayer, problem to the devil, and a miracle in their life. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you and love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We live as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Lord.